We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Hey, it's John, and I wanted to share a quick message before we get to our episode. April is Autism Awareness Month, and Mabry and I will be running all month long to raise money for the Abled Movement. Anyone who's interested can pledge a dollar amount per mile, such as 25 cents per mile, a dollar per mile, whatever you'd like, or you can make a flat pledge for the month. We have a goal to run 125 miles during the month of April, which would be the most we've ever done. The Abled Movement is a 501c3 organization. If you'd like to make a pledge, you can send me a note through Instagram at John Gayhart or email us at John and Amy at totallyworthitpodcast.com. You can always follow us at hashtag runmabryrun, and during the month of April, you can track our progress using hashtag MabryRunsForAwareness. Thanks for helping us turn awareness into action. Hey, 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 and thank you for joining us for the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number 11. I'm Amy G. See what I did there? I like it. You've, you've embraced it. And I'm joined by my numero uno, Johnny G. So the new normal, we live in it every day. Every single day. We are right now recording at two o'clock on a weekday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And you might hear in the background, the neighbor is out mowing his yard. <laughs> He's a corporate guy, travels like crazy like me. And all of our kids are outside playing at least six feet apart. Which is fantastic because it doesn't seem like they do that when there's not a pandemic. Right. Well, one of them in particular. And you so, guys can choose which one you think that is. <laughs> and so we just sit here and it's like, okay, two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm never home. We're definitely never home together. The neighbor's never home. But it feels like it's a Saturday. But who really cares? Every day's the same. So if you hear a mower in the background or kids outside the window... It's part of the new normal. That's it's what right. we do. That's right. Embrace it. Embrace it. So we have several things that you and I need to talk about. Yes. But for the audience, we have a great episode for you today. Amy G and I have several fun things to talk about. And later in the episode, we have an interview with Ruth Thompson. I love her. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you all about her a little bit later. But before Amy and I get to our segment, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Blue Sky Therapeutic Writing and Respite is a therapeutic community located in Aubrey, Texas. They are committed to providing quality opportunities for special needs children and adults by offering therapeutic horseback riding as well as their Purpose Day program. Visit blueskytexas.org to learn more about Blue Sky and shop their Purpose Mercantile, which carries beautiful products made by beautiful people. Blue Sky, a safe, happy, and healthy place for all abilities. All right, Amy G, tell them what this segment is called. See, what had happened was... All right, I've got something. I want to start off. Okay, go. Did you see earlier this week the segment with Kelly Ripa? Did you see No. So on whatever show she's on, her own show, the... Kelly and Ryan. Ryan Seacrest show. Kelly and Ryan. It's not the Ryan. It's It's Regis with Kelly and Ryan. (laughs) So... (laughs) And so I like Kelly Ripa a lot. I've never seen one show or episode of whatever she does. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you watch any kind of TV or any entertainment, you know Kelly Ripa. You see her interviewed or whatever. So I've always liked her. But, so I guess Kelly and Ryan are doing their show now. Yes. But they're doing it from their homes. Mm -hmm. So they're just doing it through Zoom or whatever they're doing it on. And one day this week, she got choked up just inadvertently talking about coronavirus and the quarantine and how it's affecting her family. Mm -hmm. So she's got three kiddos that are 22, 18, and 17. And she said, her quote is, I'm currently not speaking to two of my three kids. (laughs) And she's, she's, she didn't. Dead serious. Dead serious. And you can tell that she wasn't planning on talking about this. So it started with kind of a smile and a laugh. Like, can you believe I'm not speaking to two of my kids? And it ended with tears because she's like, 
three of my kids at home, two of them aren't speaking to me. They won't give me a hug. And then she talks about how she misses her parents. She just wants to give her parents a hug. And it just got me thinking first, you know, one thing that we're big on, we love people that are real. Yeah. Real and honest. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you get the feeling that that's what we're about. So saying things that sometimes people don't say. And and so I love that about her, how she, how she's just sharing that, you know, that very genuine side. But then you get like a little bit of a sense that, okay, well, if I was, if we were millionaires and lived in a mansion and had, you know, got whatever we wanted, this would be a little bit easier. Right. And it's not. They're going through the same hardships that we are. It's, we, a lot of us share the feelings. This, this is a little bit of a joke and a little bit of a not joke, but the other night at family dinner, I said something to the fact as, hey guys, I'm pretty sure that whenever we're allowed out of the house again, we might not ever eat a family dinner together again. Like we've had, this is enough. All of these family dinners in a row are enough. And that's a joke, but you just kind of get at the same time. Well, and it's because of the monotony of it. It feels like, you know, we go around the dinner table and Slater says, what was the best part of your day? And what was the worst part of your day? He leads that conversation around our table and we are having a hard time coming up with new things that have happened because there's not a whole lot happening. Um, And so it's that kind of plays into the monotony as well of the fact that there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot to talk about. We felt, we feel like we've talked about it. Um, Yeah. And, to sit and for one child not to get in trouble during dinner, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. It's not happening. But it, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. You're missing people. You're missing interaction. You're missing. I think about this weekend is Easter weekend. You know, we're not having our big family get together like we always do. And the boys get why, but I'm not sure if Mabry's going to understand why. Um you know, we're not getting going up to honeys and, you know, doing a big Easter egg hunt. We're, we're just going to do the best we can here. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, it, it's affecting everybody in a different way. Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting to see that nobody's, uh, nobody's isolated. Everybody's isolated. Nobody's protected from this. Yeah. No one's immune from it affecting. So mine is kind of along the same lines as that, but I wanted to talk about all the um, ways that celebrities are trying to um, give back at this time. Mm-hmm. Not at this time, but during all of this. And so you're seeing a lot of concerts online. We watched Garth and Trisha the other night. Yeah, and then I had to stop watching and I could only listen. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all. You can't watch a singing show with John because then he has to repeat every single song and show how he would make it his own. <laughs> Um, but things like that, doing free concerts, uh, doing online concerts and raising money for, you know, first responders and, you know, what are you, essential employees and stuff like that. Um, and even like sports leagues, they did, I think the NBA did a televised um, PlayStation tournament. Right. Watching and, players play against other players which on PlayStation. is so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is they're, the NBA is trying to get together a horse yeah, tournament. Yeah, that's happening. Um, so they're going to be watching it from, it's going to be whoever has home gyms, you know. Um, but anyways, I think that's kind of cool. Just people trying to figure out ways to continue to entertain. But I bet it's just as therapeutic as the, for those players as it will be for us to watch it. Yeah. Um, Cause you think about um, athlete, you know, sports is big to us. Um, so you think, well, the athletes aren't affected. Just like you're saying there, the athletes aren't affected as much as we are, but these guys are on a team. Like these are their people. They hang out with them all day, every day. Um, most guys don't have a home gym in their house. A lot of them do, but most don't. A lot of them are single and live by themselves, you know. So it, just like you said, everybody's being affected by it. I, I listen to sports radio a lot, and it makes me laugh because when they come back from commercials, they do what's called a ticket ticker. And so that's where they usually give all the scores and everything like this. They Every time they are giving, um, I don't remember what it's called, but something automated the baseball season. 
I can't remember the brand or the mm-hmm. league or whatever, but it was automated like it was really going on. And they are giving scores from that oh <laughs> automated baseball league. And so it's just people are trying to get as much normal as they can. Yep. Yeah. I, let me point out an issue about all the people raising money. Mm-hmm. This is, it's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, the more money we can raise towards COVID-19, I mean, that's what is needed. You and I both run nonprofits. Yes. Yours is big and relies heavily on money. But it's considered a small nonprofit. It's considered a small nonprofit, but not yeah. if you live in that not in you if you live in our world. Right. It's a big deal. And without money, it doesn't exist. Right. Or without donations, it doesn't exist. Mine is not like that at all. Mine is way small. And if we don't raise any money, nothing happens. Right. We just want to raise money so we can give it to the organizations that it helps. So my point is, both you and I are used to asking for money. Mm-hmm. And we do fundraising. We hate. We don't like asking we for money. We don't like asking for money. You do a lot of fundraising. Yes. I do a little bit. I sell t-shirts and whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, it does matter. It does matter. You're right. It does matter. But I think that for people who are in our positions... We need to continue to ask for money because mm-hmm. we have to, mm-hmm. especially for Blue Sky. You've, you've got to continue to raise money. Well, it, it, and on the, that line, our programs haven't stopped. Your programs haven't stopped. So yeah. the money is still going out, but it's not really coming in like right. it normally does. Right. And you kind of, on a nonprofit side, and I, I probably can speak for a, you know, a ton of nonprofits, you feel guilty during a time like this of asking for money yes. for Blue Sky or for Abled Movement. Because what I really want to say is... Well, here's what I'm saying. Here's what you hear me saying. Mabry and I, during the month of a- April, are raising money for Autism Awareness Month to go to the Abled Movement. Mm-hmm. That's what you hear me saying. What I really want to say is, if you have any extra money during this time that you can give, go give to COVID-19 because that's where it's really needed. And then if you have a little bit extra on top of that, we send it over to the Abled Movement for Autism <laughs> Awareness Month. Right. That's what I really, that's what my heart's really saying. Right. But- for organizations, like you've got to be able to say, "Hey, we like keep sending us money." Yeah. Or when this thing gets back, when we're back to normal, this nonprofit's not going to exist. It's not going to look the same anymore. Right. And families need us. Well, and it's hard. And I think the approach I've taken is, "Hey, if this is not a burden for you, like we don't want you to donate to Blue Sky instead of paying your electric bill." You know, because there's so many people who are, you know hours have been cut back or salaries have been cut back or, you know, it extended um, childcare coverage or, you know, something like that. Like we don't want to be a burden on people, but if you're one of our regular donors, mm-hmm. like keep donating Please. because that, you know, that stops. And you can think of it as this too. You know, we do um, one huge fundraiser a year. It's called Our Horses and Hope. Um, that's our big gala. And it's, we raise a lot of money during that. Um, And it kind of floats us for probably about half of the year. And so you can think of this as, you can look at it this way too. Like maybe we're still going strong, um, you know, when the shelter in place is lifted. But think about the trickle down effect of what people not working and businesses not making the money that they've been making. That means things like Horses and Hope we probably won't get the same amount of sponsorships that we usually do. People may not be able to be in the position to donate goods and services during that time. You know, people may not have the extra money to buy tickets. People may not be able to donate items to our silent auction. You know, so things like that, you think about, yeah, okay, so yes, we're paying the bills right now, but what does the trickle-down effect look like? And not just for our nonprofit, but for any nonprofit, So my advice is whatever you do on a regular basis, keep doing it. And if you're able to do it, like multiply it by two, you know? Yeah, because we don't know when everything's going to get back to normal. But based on what we hope and and think, your fundraiser will come a couple months after things are back to normal. We think. We think. We hope. But you're right. It's like how many of those families took a hit during this time and somebody who lost jobs or that were on furlough or took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. So you, so we think that your fundraiser is going to happen. But even if it happens as normal, 
the expectations won't be to raise the same amount of money. That's right. Yeah. So you can look at it however you want to look at it. But if you're, you know, continue giving to your church, continue giving to your nonprofit that you support. And if you have extra, then yes, like throw it in the pot because everybody could use it right now. For sure. Yeah. All right, Amy, what's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? Okay, you're going? Yeah. So I have been redoing Mabry's room this during this shelter in place business. It started out as a necessity because water leaked in. And I realized there was some mold. And so I had to rip the carpet out and um, peel back the baseboards because they were wet and moldy. And so anyway, it just got me thinking, like, redoing a room on a budget is one of my favorite things to do. You're really, really good at it. Well, thank you. But I love doing it. I love to create. I like to design. Um but I love, love, love doing it on a budget. Um, and so right now it's hard because stores are closed. Non-essential stores are closed. But it got me thinking how designing a room for Mabry is so much different than designing a regular room. So Regular being for a 17-year-old for a girl? A, or just a, a typical 17-year-old girl. Who Birth. wouldn't, they wouldn't be letting you design their room anyway, would they? Well, under my house, <laughs> under my roof. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, it just got me thinking, like I pulled the carpet out, but I chose not to put carpet back in. Um, instead, I sealed and painted the concrete and just threw a rug on top. And you're thinking, why? Well, because when Mabry's mad, she knows how to push my buttons and your buttons. And one of her things is to soil things on purpose. And so... She pees her pants. Yeah, shh. Say it nicer. She pees her shorts. She she soils things. (laughs) That's what I was saying. So anyways, everything in the room that I'm doing now is able to be washed. So no more carpet. Bye-bye carpet. The rug can be washed. Um, So I, I did that. And another thing I have to think about is if I want to have anything cute in there, it either needs to be painted on the wall or anchored into studs, screwed to the wall to where it can't come off and get thrown. Because when Mabry's mad, sometimes she destroys things. Yeah, her room, I mean, it, we've joked about it, it, looks like a prison cell in it some does. cases because she can't have any, I mean, her, the only piece of furniture is her bed and that gets flipped. Yes, yeah. She has no fan blades because she pulled them all off. Yeah. She used to have a dresser. She pulled that over. So now it's in the it is. It's in the closet to where we can lock the closet. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so, you know, anchoring things, screwing things into the studs. I made a joke of like, that sucker's not going anywhere until it does. And mm-hmm. if it does, big deal. I paid $10 for it, you know. Um And then (laughs) I was laughing that there's no window coverings. Like there's no blinds, there's no curtains, like there's no um, valance, nothing like that. And that's because, again, if Maves is mad, those are going to come down in a heartbeat. And so instead of wall coverings, we're going to frost the glass with this. And we haven't done that yet, but I've already bought the, the spray paint. And it just makes me laugh. Like, you're welcome, neighbors. Because yeah. another thing Mabry does is when she's <laughs> mad, she might remove some clothes. And so it's just making the neighbors, well, it's preventing them from seeing uncomfortable things. Well, her window is at the front of the house. Yeah. And so she'll have the lights on and the window, there's no covering on the window at all. Right. And she, yeah, she'll be in there butt naked. So... Shh, don't say that either. That's not a nice way to put it. <laughs> anyway, so designing a room um, with autism meltdowns in mind is a completely different story than designing a 17-year-old girl's room. That's what I was getting at. Very different. But it's going to be cute. Oh, it's. I'm so glad you're doing it because she's had the same room, which is great, but she's had it for 10 years. Yeah, it used to be pink. Yep. And now it's white. Yeah. But it's going to be cute. So yeah, So cool. So cool. So I want to talk a little bit about these routines that we're in and how they're 
just different for special needs families. Mm -hmm. And yesterday you and I were talking about some other families that you see and what their routine stories are. So from, from my side, every morning right now looks the same. Mm -hmm. And it is Mabry wakes up around six o'clock. I get her change clothes. We sit on the couch. We, we try to figure out where the Easter bunny is. Mm-hmm. She wants to go look for the Easter bunny. She wants to go find the firefighters. She wants to go find the policeman. All along, I know that I'm going to come wake you up around 7.15. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put her in the car and you're going to go look for all those things. Right. And, then, and during that time is when I'll get ready and go to work. But it's every morning. It's the same conversation. And... I'm tired of it, and I know she's tired of it. Mm-hmm. But it's that, why Why does every morning look the same right now? Why are you here? You're mm-hmm. normally not here. What is going on? There's so much confusion with her. She's so out of whack. Yeah. Um, but it's it's that same routine every morning. So what are you hearing from other families? Well, I was on I was actually on a text message, group text yesterday with some families from her class, and they're all struggling. Um, and... It's hard because the comprehension is different for everybody. Um, and this is something that I didn't think of when this all started. But one of the um, kids in her class is getting up every morning, getting dressed, sitting by the front window, waiting for the school bus. Mm. And Mabry doesn't do that. But I didn't think about the fact is, does she think they've forgotten about her? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, was I bad? Did I get kicked out? You know, yeah. what it what's going through her mind about that? Like, you know, and that's hard for me to say, like, did they not want me anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, is school over forever? Um, and yes, we can have Zoom calls with teachers and which we have. Um, I actually had an ARD meeting this week over a Zoom call, which was fun. Um, but Mabry was able to see everybody then, but she didn't really react on that. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. Like I, I, at that time I was thinking, what is she thinking? Like, what does she think why she's not going to school? And that makes me think when there is no more school, what does that look like? And is this our new normal for the rest of our lives? Yeah. I haven't even thought of that because one of the places that she wants to go every day, she wants to drive by her high school. Yes. And... I, I thought it was just to see, you know, the eagle outside or whatever, but maybe it is. She wants to make sure that it's not going on because she's not there. Yeah. And I think it's, and it's, it's funny because she usually has to see somebody. So it's usually, we're usually looking for Officer Reeves or Officer Terry or um, Mr. Lencer's car or something like that. So there may be one or two cars there, but it's kind of like she kind of relaxes and it's like, oh, okay. Phew. All right. Yeah, we're good. You know, it kind of just relaxes her a little bit. And checking in with all of her people, that kind of not only does it, you know, fill the day, but it also, I think, gives her some reassurance of like, yep, okay, my people are still there. Even though I'm stuck in the house, (laughs) at least they're still there. Tough Tough on so many families. We are so excited for you to hear the interview with Ruth. She is the founder and president of Hugs Cafe in McKinney. Hugs is really well known. They've gotten national press and one of our favorite organizations. It's an organization that the Abled Movement has partnered with and supports. And we've become friends with Ruth over the years. She's just full of wisdom and has an amazing story. We hope you enjoy the conversation with Ruth right after this shout out for one of our podcast sponsors. The Able Movement is a nonprofit organization that exists for two reasons. First is to raise awareness that we need more opportunities for adults with special needs to live out their joy and purpose in community on a daily basis. Second is to raise money for organizations that offer these opportunities to help them promote and build their programs. Both the awareness and the funds are raised by selling awesome awareness t-shirts that have positive and uplifting messages. These shirts are super comfortable and make great gifts for friends and family. You can order shirts and learn more about the Abled Movement at weareabled.org. Today we have on the Totally Worth It podcast, Ruth Thompson from Hugs Cafe in McKinney, Texas. 
And we are so thrilled to have Ruth. You are somebody that Amy and I have both admired for yes. several years yes. and everything that you've done. So people that don't know what Hugs Cafe is or what you do or who you are or who you serve, <laughs> you are in for a treat. First off, thank you for coming. Thank you for driving all the way from McKinney. In the rain. In the rain. In the, rain. In the, rain. In the cold. Oh, you are so very to welcome. To prosper. Can you just tell us the story of Hugs Cafe, anything and everything that you want us all to know. How much time do we right? have? Right? Uh, hey, I've, I've learned this. Don't <laughs> ask a director to give a... We could talk all day. That's right. So, so I guess that's, that's, a, right. that's actually a good point. Is your title, is it executive director of? My, my title is founder and president of Hugs Cafe, Inc. Um, I, I do the job as executive director, um, Chief bottle washer, whatever we need. Uh, but yeah, Hugs Cafe, not-for-profit organization, and our mission is about training and employing adults with special needs, uh, or what we like to say is adults with special abilities, mm. uh, because they, they all do have those special abilities. We've uh, been in existence. We opened our doors to the first cafe of hopefully many uh, October the 13th, 2015. Was and that the McKinney, Texas location? That's the McKinney, Texas okay. location. Um, our vision is to have many yes. Hugs Cafes. Let's do it. I have been contacted by people not only across the country, but across the world, mm-hmm. uh, asking the questions, how did you do this? Will you put one in our location? Will you franchise? What can we do to help you spread this Wonderful. organization. The way it came about is I was uh, teaching the life skill of cooking wow. in a home kitchen to adults with special needs in a local cooking school, um, Market Street McKinney, uh-huh. which is an upscale grocery store here, had a cooking school. I was the manager of the cooking school when they employed me or, or when they interviewed me. They asked me what I was passionate about. I told them about my work with adults with special needs in Colorado. They said, make it work here. So Mm. I started cooking classes for adults with special needs. And that was in 2004. In 2013, I was, well, I was looking towards retirement in 2013. In 2012, two nights in a row, I had a dream, the same dream of a restaurant that employed these incredible people. And my husband's reply was, we have to do it. Um, You know, when God speaks that loudly, Mm -hmm. you have to answer that call. Mm. And, um, yeah, we had never run a restaurant, never had our own business, always worked for someone else, Mm -hmm. uh, never been involved with a nonprofit other than our church. And trust me, it's a lot different. Yeah. (laughs) But we just surrounded ourselves with good people who loved the mission, and here we are today. So what what work did you do with special needs in Colorado? In Colorado, um, I'm the person who, with with my age, there weren't a lot of women who got college degrees Mm -hmm. back then. Uh, I did not have a college degree. I like to say I have a degree in life. That's right. And... um, Over my adult lifetime, I have worn many hats in my profession, and from accountant to bookkeeper to travel agent to parish administrator, I mean, I've done it. Last, and I was that person that was also always saying, God, why am I here? Mm. I mean, yes, I love my children. Yes, I love my husband, uh, and but why am I here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't that person who could paint and, you know, do arts and crafts and, I mean, just, you know, make me sick with it. And anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I take no offense. <laughs> but, uh, I want, God, why am I here? What's my purpose? Uh, the last job that I had in Colorado was with a for-profit organization that provided respite care to mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. And which you can probably relate to. Yes, we can. And um, I fell in love with a population of people that I had no previous experience with. What a blessing. I love that. And um, 
saw as I'm working with them and, and connecting people to help out that there was a need for a day program for adults after they age out of school. Yes. So I started something there and then we moved to Texas in 2004. I was looking for something in that line of work. I mean, I found what God put me here for, but I couldn't find anything down here. So I started doing my research and found at that time in 2004, Texas ranked 48th in programs and funding for the special needs population. Mm-hmm. So not only were there very few opportunities for me, but for that population, it's like, what? what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this huge state, and, right. and this is where we are. So again, having management background, loving to cook, I applied for this position as manager of the cooking school and was given the opportunity to make my passion work there. I think God had this plan. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that he had the plan all along. And this is how, you know, you're going to be manager of a cooking school. And and then I, I'm going to give you this dream. And all I'm these going little to... steps were yes. up to this. Yes. Thing. Absolutely. So we walk in the door of hugs. Yes. What do we, we see? Who's we? Just a normal family or are we the gay hearts? Me and you. We're on a date. Okay, we're on a date. Walking in. We're walking in. We open the doors. What do we see? What's the experience look like? The first thing you're going to see, especially on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is we now have a young man that we have promoted to uh, greeter lead mm-hmm. or lead greeter. And uh, his name is Dylan. Mm-hmm. And if Dylan is working... You, I mean, you can't get five feet in front of the door without Dylan giving <laughs> you this incredible, huge hug. And um, so you will be greeted by Dylan. And what we did when we were planning hugs, how do we make this work for our teammates? Mm-hmm. And I New- love that you call them teammates. Yeah. I do love that. I Thank love you. Uh-huh. Thank you. You know, um, what's the term? Neurotypical. Uh-huh. I guess we're all neurotypical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm, there's anything neurotypical about me. But, <laughs> um, you know, we can figure it out. Uh-huh. So all of our menus, he will give you a menu and a marker. And you mark what you want to have to eat on the menu. And then you take it to the cash register. And we have a gentleman there. Actually, we have a couple of different uh, people who are on our cash register at any given time. Two of them are are gentlemen with brain injuries. Mm -hmm. And they will take your order. We generally have a volunteer with one of them uh, to make sure that they uh, don't miss something. Mm -hmm. And that the guest gets the best experience. And then you get a number, you get your drink, you have a seat, and one of our teammates will bring your meal out to you. Now, you may have a teammate that we we have one, and he decided he wanted to be a server and said, okay. And so he we have them bring carts out, the mm-hmm. food out on carts, rather than trying to carry big, heavy You're trays. You're setting them up for success. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly what yes. we're doing. Yeah. Uh, so they take the cart out, and one of our young men will say, ham sandwich, raise your hand. <laughs> if you've got the ham sandwich, you raise your hand. Uh, we have another young man who decided he wanted to be a server. He was washing dishes, and he wanted to add being a server to his list of duties. And he will take the card out. Hello, ladies. I'm going to be your server today. So today we have a chicky hug. And that is our chicken salad, which includes chicken and carrots and onions. And in the meantime, the soup is getting cold. So we've tried to speed him up a little bit. So you have two opposite Absolutely. Ends. You have the ham sandwich. And yes, you raise your hand. Full and detail. Absolutely. Love it. I, love I mean, it. it is so fun there. And I tell people the best day to come into hugs is when you're in a bad mood Mm -hmm. when you're down because you absolutely cannot leave that way yeah if you do you need therapy but um (laughs) don't we all yes Yes. but you can't leave that way it's such a place of of joy and um 
giving. Yeah. And yeah. and it's it's not about what they get. It's what they're giving to everyone. And it's just, uh, as you see, I can't talk about it without just beaming. I, I you know. get it. What I love, some of the aesthetics, I I am the artist. I am the design person. So I, I see a lot of those things and I notice a lot of those things. But what a couple of things that I love about hugs, I love the footprints on the floors. Yes. Um, when you mentioned setting people up for success... You know, it's there. It's not in your face. Right. But it's there. It's something to follow if you're not really sure what to do. Yes. And if a special needs adult was there and wasn't really sure what to do, they could probably figure out to follow the footprints. And I just, I love that. And also, someone may not have noticed this, but me being in the special needs nonprofit, I see the picture cards in the bathroom of how to clean the toilets and yes. how to clean the counters. And that matters to me. Yes. So I know that, you know, it's not just people bringing the food out to the table. It's all of the work and all of the work matters. And Absolutely. so I really, really love that. One of my favorite hugs, I met with Ruth a couple of, gosh, maybe a month ago right. or so ago. And they have a big team meeting before they start a day and they hold hands and someone says a prayer and then there's yes. a cheer maybe. Absolutely. And so um, Ruth said, who's going to lead us in a prayer today? And one of the team members says, well, why don't we have our guests lead a prayer? And I was like, <laughs> okay. But that's just what I love. Welcomed in. Yes. And, you know, sometimes the no filter is fantastic. <laughs> it, it, oh, we have a lot of no filter. Yes, we do. <laughs> live no filter so i get that yeah and the the main reason why ruth and i met several years ago is because with the abled movement mm -hmm. we're all about supporting organizations who offer jobs and opportunities and purpose and joy to adults with special needs and hugs is the perfect example yes. of that and so after we initially met hugs cafe became one of the organizations that the abled movement aligns with um, just because we we see places like that as a need for families like ours to send Mabry when mm -hmm. she's an adult. So we are rooting for more opportunities like that. But with that, can you give a picture of what the employment process looks like? Not not the technical aspect of it, but how many employees are there total or around, and how many of them are teammates who are special needs adults, how many are, whatever word you use, you know, normally functioning adults, whatever is the, volunteers, whatever yeah. is the politically yes. correct term. We're not, we're not politically correct. We around choose here. not to be offended around here. So. <laughs> and, and then how many are, the, how many are there total? And then how many are there at a time on a shift? What does that look like? Absolutely. Um, okay. First of all, we have Hugs Cafe Inc., and we started out as we're going to have a restaurant that employs adults with special abilities. Well, now what we have is Hugs Cafe, Inc. And under that, we have the cafe program. We have the greenhouse program. We have Hugs Prep and getting ready to add another program, which I can tell you all about. Um, at Hugs Cafe, we have 23 adults with developmental or intellectual disabilities. Um, we have, and that's total on the payroll. Hmm. We do not always have, we never have all 23 working at one right. time. We generally have about eight to 10 a day at mm -hmm. the cafe. They all work varying shifts. Uh, depending on their abilities, uh, we have one young man who works only two hours every Saturday, but he is capable of telling his parents' friends that he has a job. Mm -hmm. He's not real verbal, but he is so proud of that job and and that paycheck that he gets. It's so important. It is. It's so important. We've heard our pastor has preached on this, um, that we were created to work. Yes. You know, he put Adam and Eve in the garden and gave them jobs. You are over this garden. You are over these animals. 
it's in our DNA to work, and it's no different exactly. for the special needs population to exactly. have that purpose and that value in the community. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We also have working in the cafe, um, okay, the teammates are all paid, and we're very, I, I hate to use the word proud, but we are proud of the fact that we don't pay them sub-minimum wage. We pay them minimum wage or higher. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the majority of them are on Social Security, right. so they have to tell us how many hours, or the guardians have to tell us how many hours that they can work so that they don't um, create an issue with their Social Security. Some of the parents or guardians say it's okay if it affects their Social Security check, we don't want it to affect their Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got the medical issue going on there. So we have to be careful there with how many hours some of them work. Uh, some of them are just not capable of working more hours. But like I said, with this one young man on Saturday, he has a job. That's right. We, uh, we have uh, community volunteers or what we call job coaches. Um, many of them are retired school teachers. Um, on the weekends, we have Young Men's Service League. They do some um, volunteering with us and National Charity League, which are two. National Charity League is a group of girls and mothers who volunteer together. Young Men's Service League, same, uh, only sons and, and mothers, and mm-hmm. they volunteer together. We have probably about eight volunteers that are real good, consistent volunteers, and that they're. We know that if it is Tuesday, we know who's going to be there. Are these people fantastic? Oh, they are. <laughs> they are, and you know, I've seen. I I had one woman tell me that hugs saved her life. Mm. She had retired from teaching. Right after that, her mother passed away. She does. She was never married. She had uh, no children, and and this gave her. It, this fulfilled her, hmm. and she's been with us almost from the beginning. Um, and and it started out uh, us calling them job coaches because they worked side by side with the teammates and helped them with their jobs. The majority of them don't need the assistance anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the volunteers don't want to go anywhere. (laughs) And we don't want them to go anywhere. And this is what I love is that probably your ultimate goal is independence for these guys. And so you may have to start in a step-by-step program that leads to independence. You may have to start with the step-by-step instructions, but... Hopefully, the goal is one day they won't need those instructions. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, the goal is community, mm-hmm. which they're getting in the relationships. Yes. So yes. then that's where it comes. You don't want to separate these volunteers Absolutely. from the teammates because it might yeah. be their best friends. Absolutely. And yeah, that's so cool. Though. I find, too, in the therapy world, you know, um, when we have volunteers, sometimes the volunteers, that's their therapy. Like, that's yes. where they're coming like you said, it saved her life. The volunteers need it just as much as the clients or the teammates need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. They I do. And, and so then you have the prep and the greenhouse. Yes. Okay. So why did prep come in here and what is that? Well, our initial vision for the board and for me was we would train them. We would employ them for a while to get them experience. And then they would get a job somewhere else and we would bring others in. No one leaves. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. You said community. Mm-hmm. They have found the community. They have found a family. Yes. And we're not going to say, okay, your time's up. You need to get out. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> However, last year, at the end of last year, uh, 2019, Rick Wells from um, Harvest, Harvest yes. hired two of our teammates. Love it. Uh, Now, one of them um, only works at Harvest now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one, bless his heart, he's also, he moved here from Colorado. Mm -hmm. And he told me, I said, oh, I don't want to lose you. And he said, you will never leave me. I will always be at Hugs. So he works part-time at Harvest and part-time at Hugs. We don't have anyone who is full-time employed. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
But he, it was just so precious. You will never leave, or I, I will, will never, leave, never you. leave you. Love it. Um, but so, how do we do more? Yeah, you know that was what well, that was my thing. How do we do more? In 2010, there were over 67,000 individuals in Collin County alone with special needs. How do we do more? We're not even putting a drop in the bucket. So, we're closed on Mondays. We're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 to 3. Got to throw that in for your listeners. It will be in our show notes for (laughs) sure. Absolutely. And on Mondays, we're closed. We tried being open. Nobody goes out to eat on Mondays. Um, so our, our facility is sitting there empty, so we have started classes for additional adults with special needs and teaching them basically what we taught them at Market Street, how to cook at home. The knife skills, they're mm-hmm. learning real knife skills. We, awesome. we have some of their parents who say, oh, will you have a class for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're learning knife skills. And, and it, the way it has ended up is, is um, really unique. We didn't plan it this way. But our first class during the day is from 9 to 10.30. Mm-hmm. And then the next, it's an hour and a half class. The next class is from 11.30 to 1. And we have the ones that are in the earlier class, uh, their uh, skills are a little better than the the one the class that's later. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the class that's later, we do more one-on-one. Uh, or hand over hand, mm-hmm. uh, the class in the more earlier, um, they truly are learning knife skills and how to use a chef's knife and and how to cook chicken and things like that. Whereas the other class, they're learning how to maybe scramble an egg, mm-hmm. um, cut with a butter knife, things like that. But they're learning how to make something and create it and and enjoy it on their own. So we've got these classes, um, we've got five in each class because we really don't want to overwhelm anyone and we want to be able to do it and do it well. Mm -hmm. So we're getting ready to add a third class during the day because the need is so great. So that's Hugs Prep. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years ago, I'm going, we got to make a bigger difference. What can we do? I we have a little garden in the back. It's an herb garden, and I was watching one of our teammates just really enjoy working back there and picking the sage and the rosemary and tending to that. And I thought, uh, there's an organization down near Houston. It's called Brookwood, mm-hmm. and they have a huge horticulture program yes. there. Yes, I, I think they've got like seventy two greenhouses. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Why can't we do something like that? So here's another God story. I put it out on Facebook. I said, we want, we're thinking we want to open a greenhouse and grow flowers and sell them to the public, but I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I have no skills in that area. So I'm going to have a meeting at this time on this night at Hugs Cafe, and I hope that someone will show up. Oh my gosh. Amy, we had three people show up who are suppliers to the Arboretum, the Dallas Arboretum. We had um, Bill Crump, who is fourth generation. Crump's nursery. Absolutely. Nursery grower, horticulturist, whatever you want to call him. Uh, our handyman, David Shelton, showed up, and we're all sitting there, and I'm going, okay, we what do we need? At a restaurant, you always have to have um, a manager on duty that has a food handler's manager certification. Mm-hmm. Do you need something like that with horticulture? Yes, you do. You need someone who is insecticide and pesticide certified. Mm. So, well, that's not going to be me. I'm not taking that <laughs> test. <laughs> And uh, Bill is sitting there, and his reply was, I'm retired. I don't like being retired. I want to run it for you. Love it. This is a man who knows flowers, who, and oh my gosh, his heart is as big as Texas. Mm. It's just incredible. 
And then we're talking about what we need, where we're going to put this. And they're saying it needs to be zoned agriculture. You want it outside of the city limits because of all of these different rules and regulations. And okay, rules and regulations. Exactly. <laughs> city, city, city. Just let us do what we want to do. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. And our handyman said, our house is on 30 acres. It's outside of anyone's ETJ. I didn't know what an ETJ was. I do now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's already zoned agriculture. Wow. We want you to put it there. So we now have two 40 by 90 feet uh, enclosed greenhouses, a huge barn uh, where they they plant the plugs and do mm-hmm. all of the things that they do out there. I can tell you what we do in the cafe. Right. I cannot tell you Isn't what they nice do out to there. Not know? I know. <laughs> I mean I joke and say I kill plastic plants, but uh-huh. um we have six teammates out there. We hopefully will have the ability to grow there and add more and more teammates. Mm-hmm. I was at the Arboretum one day taking some pictures and, and watching, you know, these these employees out there picking off the dead flowers and, and really caring for mm-hmm. these things. And I took some pictures and sent them, them to Bill and I said, what do you think about Hugs Arboretum? And wow. he said, his reply was, you're killing me, but <laughs> I think it could be huge. Love it. I mean, think so about... So is this the phase four? About to happen? No. Oh, there's so no, there's more. Yay. Um, we're getting ready for our, our fifth gala. Uh-huh. Actually, we have a gala gala. Gala gala, because uh, nobody knows the right well, way to say it. Let me tell you, uh, the first, we're getting ready for our first one, and I'm meeting with all of the guardians, all of the parents, the teammates that I'm talking about. The gala is going to be a celebration, and the gala is a party, and uh-huh. the gala is a fundraiser. And one of our teammates who's on the autism spectrum, he raised his hand and he said, Mrs. Ruth, the correct pronunciation is gala. (laughs) And I said, I know, I'm from the South. I say gala. I realized that Mrs. Ruth, however, according to Wikipedia, the correct (laughs) pronunciation is gala. So we have a gala gala. A gala gala. What we have done is we have just been awarded a grant to add e-commerce to our website. Awesome. Some of the things that, well, we sell our t-shirts, so those are not things that we produce, but one of our, the, our best-selling sandwich is our peach gobbler. Mm-hmm. We make a peach chutney, put it on our sandwich with sliced turkey cheddar cheese, bacon, and this peach chutney. And it is the most fabulous sandwich. And uh, our teammates make the peach chutney and they bottle it and we sell it. We're going to start selling this online. Uh, We have some NFL partners who are going to, are saying they want to purchase online our cookies. Mm. And so we're going to start having e-commerce. Fantastic. So after we close our doors, this will probably start in the summer, but we're getting ready. We're gearing up to hire additional teammates who will make additional chutney that we can sell online, cookies that we can sell online. Uh, we'll be developing more recipes such as other types of chutneys and, that and jams. That can be shipped. Yes. 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 Love it. So we will... We're going to call this program Hugs Fulfilled. Oh, I love it. So Because it's fulfilling more than people. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So shortly after this episode goes live, not long after, you're going to be able to go to Hugs Cafe online. There's going to be a link in the show notes, and you're going to be able to order chutney and, and chocolate chip cookies. Uh, to be shit. Wedding cake. That's wedding what cake we cookies. are known for. Wedding cake, wedding cake cookies. Wedding cake cookies. And you yes. guys, these cookies. So, <laughs> you know, I assist special needs adults in making products that we turn around and sell. Wonderful. And I always tell, you know, I'm quality control. And they can get so irritated at me, you know. But I tell them, we don't want a pity buy. We want this to be something that people truly would go by anywhere. And I can testify to the fact 
that hugs food is fabulous. The cookies are fabulous. It's not a pity buy in the least. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. You know, Amy, we knew in the beginning that people would come in and support us mm-hmm. in the beginning. But if our if they were getting bologna and cheese sandwiches, yes. they're not going to come back time and time and time again right. and years down the road. Um, so we were very blessed in the fact that Elka Marsh from Elka's Market Cafe in Allen helped us develop some of the menu items. And our food is great. Mm-hmm. And what is so neat is that our teammates make that food. That's right. They make the chicken salad. They make the peach chutney. They make the cookies. They make everything that we sell except for our bread. Mm. And um, an- another thing that is really neat is we have two teammates that we have promoted to assistant kitchen leads. I told you about the one who is um, the lead greeter. We have a young man who is the dish pit lead. <laughs> well, at their ga- at our gala, gala, we're going to be on stage promoting one of those ladies who is kitchen assistant kitchen lead to kitchen lead. This is a woman who, when she first started with us, would rarely say anything, mm. and you could barely make her smile. And she gets on the phone now, and she will take catering orders and talk to you just like I am. You've empowered her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to encourage you because you said earlier that there's 67,000 special needs in Collin County and that you had 23 at Hugs Cafe and that you wanted to do more. Here's the deal. It may be a drop in the bucket, but to them, it's everything. And so you're the world to them. True. And so even if you have this place and this model that others can go out and duplicate and create other opportunities... You're doing this well, and it's directly impacting their lives. And so it's more than a drop in the bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mentioned at the beginning or earlier on about how Amy and I have admired you and and what you do. And for me, in the world of special needs, there's two people that have my heart like crazy that I think about all the time. And I know Amy is the same. First is a special needs sibling, which we talk Mm -hmm. about a lot because they have it the hardest. Mm -hmm. They have it the hardest. The second people, the second group of people are those that teach, train, spend emotional and physical power and time with children or adults with special needs who don't have someone that they're related to Mm -hmm. because that is a straight up calling Mm -hmm. and they get to choose. Amy and I don't get to choose. Our boys and other siblings don't get to choose, but the teachers at Mabry school, they choose you choose. And, And I cannot express enough how much that means to Amy and I and families all over because Like you guys are lifesavers to us and to so many other families. So wherever that calling comes from, I'm thankful that it came and I'm thankful that you obeyed (laughs) and that you followed it and that you still have this passion to, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to do more because it's changing lives for families. So it's it's amazing to me. It is. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, I, I mentioned our volunteers, but I also failed to mention we have a restaurant manager. I mentioned Bill, but we have a restaurant general manager. And she was with me at Market Street. And the first time I said to her, we're going to have cooking classes for adults with special needs. And she said, I don't have any experience in that. And we had the first one. They walked out the door, and she sat and cried. Mm -hmm. She said, how many more can we do? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And she's now the general manager of the restaurant. Perfect. So, uh, you know, it's uh, if you've got this space in your heart, and and you just open it up just a little bit, it's fulfilled. My heart's fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, 
sometimes I, I get a little, eh, why am I really doing this? Mm. Is it for me? Right. Mm. Because yeah, I'm filled. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see as, because um, I too run a nonprofit, you run a non. what are some of the biggest op- obstacles you've seen? Was it getting started? Was it, you know, showing your legitimacy? What, what was it as far making sure all the rules and regulations are followed? You know, what, what was it? What was the biggest obstacle? Well, I don't think we have enough time, Amy, <laughs> but... Um, you know what? The biggest obstacle was uh, putting together the nonprofit, putting mm-hmm. together a board of directors. The startup was the biggest obstacle that we've had to face. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I had never been on a board of directors mm-hmm. or started a nonprofit. A lot of things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. How to write bylaws. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. You know, these things that some people just have a knack for. Yeah. I didn't. Um, but it was, and we still have our struggles. Mm-hmm. Like any business does. Mm-hmm. Um, we just happen to be a nonprofit business. That's right. So there's somebody listening right now. This is my hypothetical person. How are you doing, hypothetical person? So she lives in Minnesota. She has that space in her heart, and she wants to do something like this. What would be your best piece of advice for her? My best piece of advice is email me. Let's set up a day and time, and we will spend two hours talking about where you begin and how you get to where we are today. I love that. I so you've not only it. created a space, and and this is what I think, if you if you create this space in this organization that is done well and is manageable, why not do the same thing somewhere else? We have more than enough people Absolutely. who need jobs. I, I know that there's uh, an organization back in the South, and... And they've done great things and um, gotten wonderful pub- publicity, which I th- I think that it is wonderful that we all do get such That's good publicity. Yeah. Uh, but her policy is that she won't share. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, we can't do it all. No. And um, I wish I could, but we can't. Mm-mm. I mean, realistically, we can't. So why not, why not? share? And help others. Yeah. Um, We're all working together. For the same community. Uh-huh. The absolute same community. Yeah. Now, I have even, I assisted a young man in Kazakhstan open something on his um, university campus. Same purpose for adults with disabilities. And um, his name is Malin. And uh, he he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. He called me one time. We would always do this Facebook live mm-hmm. talk chat thing. The um, time difference is crazy. But we were talking and he asked if we paid them. And I said, well, of course we pay them. We pay them minimum wage for our state or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, you not pay them there? And he said, you, you have to understand that in my country, a person with a disability has fewer rights than a criminal. They have the right to work. They do not have the right to get paid to work. And my thought has been since that day, you know, I listened to all the complaints about our country, mm-hmm. but thank God we live here. There, there are no words for for what I heard from him. Well, Ruth, we have loved having you here. Thank you. And I seriously, I could talk for three hours about this. Me too. So (laughs) it just, I love it. I love hearing stories of how it is truly impacting people's lives. Um, And we just appreciate you coming out. Thank you for um, thinking and, they, and I think we might need to do it again. We will once, definitely do it again. Once, once Fulfilled is up and running. Absolutely. And, and that time you have to bring wedding cake cookies here. Yes. To us. And Chutney. And Chutney. Absolutely. And we hope that we get to hear about 
more locations that are yes. going to open or people that are interested. So if you're out there, you contact Ruth yes. or somebody else yes. to talk about. Absolutely. So where do they find you? Online? Do they, they email can, you? They can email me at ruth at hugscafe.org. You heard it. Beautiful. Your inbox. (laughs) That one person that listens. Both of our moms are going to email you tonight. What beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much. We love what you do, and we're going to follow it more. Everybody go follow Hugs Cafe. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ruth, and now it's time to talk about next week. Next week is our last episode of season one. And it's another episode called Here's the Skinny with John and Amy. So Amy, will you tell the audience how we need their help for this episode? So things that we want to talk about next week are, what have you liked about the podcast? What are your favorite parts? What are your least favorite parts? We welcome all comments. Just be kind in the comments. That would be fantastic because I'll get my feelings hurt. I'm just kidding. I won't. Send us questions. If there's something that you've been itching to ask, go ahead and ask it. We're going to be fielding questions. We're going to have another game like the newlywed game was last time. Send us things because we're going to be discussing what season two is going to be looking like. Yeah, and we need your help to make sure season two is the best. And next week, we've got a special announcement. We're going to be sharing something that we're going to be doing during the off season. While the podcast is not going, Amy and I have another something that we're going to be doing. We'll share that with you next week. So send in your comments and send in your questions. And we can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye.